We're, we're good to get started. Um, hi everyone, my name is Valerie Goffman. Um, I'm a product manager at ShareThrough, which is um, a tech startup here based in San Francisco. We're the native um, ad platform. We support technology that runs native ads across the modern internet. Um, so what I'm here to talk about today is really how do you build a new product or an MVP not from scratch. So a lot of times, you know, kind of a, a theme about lean startup is building from the ground up, but really want to focus on, you know, how do you, how do you do that? How do you break out of an existing um, company that has product market fit? So by a show of hands, how many of you are at a company that has product market fit? Okay, fair number. And out of those, or, you know, additionally, anybody here um, who is actually thinking about innovating and branching out with a new product. Awesome. And last question, how many of you are freezing today in San Francisco? All right, great, we're on the same page. Um, so, wanted to share my experience with you. I was, you know, at the same place as you guys all were about six months ago when we embarked on, um, on a journey to, to bring a new product to our business. We've been around for about five little over five years at this point um, but backtracking a little bit you know before six months um, when I came into share through about two years ago I came from an operations role um, kind of customer support at a previous company um, and I transitioned to be a solutions architect at share through where I was the technical um, liaison between you know the technical um, between the operations and customer support side and the product development and engineering side to about a year ago being um, a product manager. So moving from kind of the tactical, maintaining the business day to day to forward looking strategic thinking. Um, so kind of along the same lines, that's I, the same trajectory um, that our company took. So imagine, you know, in my shoes, I was at ShareThrough, we were faced with a challenge that a lot of you are thinking about today. Your company is established in the market. You have clients that are returning customers. Um, you have product market fit, but you want to essentially think about breaking out and building a new product. Now, this may be coming from external requests from customers, or you know you realize internally that there is an opportunity in the market. Well, as with anything new, it could be really overwhelming, and you don't know kind of where to look or or how to think, kind of like this guy over here doesn't know where to put his popcorn, it's all falling over the place. Well, <laughs> don't be like this guy, you know? I think the main thing to think about here is that the overall process is really what matters. So what I like to think about is how to break down, um, you know, into 
your interaction as a product organization as, as your interaction with different departments. So first and foremost, obviously, is thinking about engineering and development. Well, why? Quite obviously, they're the ones that build the product. Um, at my company, we're, we sit with our engineers. We're the ones who are you know, making sure that they're allocating their time in the correct way, right? So you may think when you're building a new product in your existing company, why don't you just hire some new people? As easy as that may sound, it's very difficult to do, very difficult to hire qualified engineers. Um, break, you know, bring a, bring a brand new team to just develop that product. Well, as I kind of just alluded to, you know, it's instead of thinking about hiring a new team, which may be um, extremely disruptive, onboarding new people takes a lot of time. It actually would probably take you longer to find new engineers than it would to develop that product internally with your existing team. The other thing is, as I have noted up here, the existing team has tacit knowledge about how your systems work. They're, think, they're the ones who really understand um, how you would integrate you know, your new product um, in the future. So live example that's very real um, currently is backtrack about a year ago. Share through, at ShareThrough we decided to introduce a brand new product, the real-time bidding auction platform, which would introduce new UIs, new infrastructure, a lot of, you know, a lot of design, a lot of thinking, right? What did we do? Well, we essentially decided that we would take, take a stance and take you know, our existing team, which was about 10 engineers at the time, all based here in San Francisco, and break out a smaller team that would go and even, you know, we actually at that time were moving to a new office, so it lended, you know, itself really well. We had that new team actually go by themselves without, you know, any infrastructure. We didn't really have desks there. We just had Wi-Fi. And they worked on, on um, this new product. They did have, you know, they were tasked with specific um, instructions about what they were building and with business goals. But at that time, they were a small team. They weren't involved in the day-to-day -day, um, of our existing business. Now, at, at a point when we actually were able to um, to prioritize that business and, and we hit those, um, those goals that we were aiming towards, the priority of innovation increased of that, quote, innovation group. It was really that new business line, right? So at, the, at a certain point, those two groups became one team. Of course, there were challenges. It's not an easy task to break apart a team and put it back together. Um, so, you know, at a certain point, we came to think, well, when we combine the two teams and, and they still have to maintain and support the existing line of business, how are we gonna allocate their time? Does one team spend you know, 40% of the time working and maintaining the existing business and the other 60%. So there was a lot of, you know, reshuffling. We had a lot of um, discussion internally and asked a lot of questions of the team members, what they preferred, tried things. We, we <clears throat> went back and forth, right? But what was really effective, in my opinion, was that that small initial team really built the foundation. They used new technologies and built really, really quickly. They went through the build, measure, learn cycle and were able to ship code um, without really any real customers at first. So there wasn't that question about support initially. And as the business priority increased, 
we're able to put more focus on um, you know, supplementing and having infrastructure for that team. So kind of an overarching theme about all this is that, you know, is that classic 80-20 rule. So when 20% of the, more or less 20% of the business um, goal was on kind of that initial small innovation team, there was 20% of resources. And as that became, you know, as that began to increase, more resources were allocated, roughly. Um, but I think what was really important being part of that team and really seeing the, the dynamics is, you know, respect. Respect for listening to the team members and seeing how they, how they took the new, uh, the new infrastructure and new organization. Because last thing you want is for one guy to not know what's going on and not be on the same team. Right? <laughs> I like this. They're fun. Okay, so let's talk about sales, biz dev, and marketing. They're kind of the second business group that I like to think about in the product role. Why? They're the ones who are bringing the revenue. They bring the business to you. They're also the conduit to bringing in customer development to the product team, right? Why not, as you know, the, the partner with sales and biz dev, the one who's creating those pitch decks with marketing, why don't you just forward sell and pretend that you're gonna have something in six months or embellish an existing product or just say yes to all the customers? Well, as I referred to before, it's they, you know, they're really the an integral piece in, in bringing custom, customer development um, to the product organization. They're the ones who are really in the, in the spotlight understanding what the competitive landscape looks like so they can help garner that information. Now, very real example, what I alluded to before, six months ago, we decided that there was a perfect opportunity in the market. It was at the right time, we were in a great position being an established company in the market to bring on Share Through for Publishers. And what that was, was essentially uh, a tool for our publisher um, partners to leverage our technology to run their own business. <clears throat> so this was an internal decision that we, came, that we came to, that the sales team brought feedback, and as a product and executive team, we made the decision, right? But it was disrupting our, our new development of our auction system. So if you think about you know, the perfect timing to break out into a new into the new market, it really wasn't quote perfect um, internally because we were doing a lot of um, new development. But I think what really helped um, in our partnership with sales and biz dev as they helped us understand and, and realize what the minimum viable product scope looked like is that as a development team, we made sure um, to say that we were gonna make the most minimal lightweight uh, product. So what we decided to do is actually build away from our system, not within it, so that in the case that you know we quickly built something for our publishers, for our customers, it's, if it didn't work, it, you know, it would just naturally fade away. We wouldn't need to actually um, break it out of our, our initial, or out of our existing system. So what did we do? We used marketing and biz dev as you know, a tool, really a partner, 
to help us you know, drive those conversations with customers. They were the ones who helped us get on those phone calls um, so we could suss out the details and lay out the big picture. We had tons of whiteboarding sessions, as I'm sure you guys are familiar with um, this picture, many, many sessions, um, understanding what, what was common, what was the common thread that our customers were looking for. And instead of just saying yes to all of them or our competitors are doing X, so we're gonna do X, we really got to the to the bare bones, what made sense for our company and our business. And I think, you know, there were some important questions that, that we kept asking when we were working with sales and marketing. First one is kind of an ongoing um, discovery process, is how do we compare? How do we compare with our competitors? As you can see, just a quick screenshot of um, a competitive feature set matrix. So um, of the features that we were on board to building, how do we compare in the market with comparable companies? Does it actually make sense that we're building them? Do we wanna compare ourselves? So always asking those questions. Um, why are we falling short? So this was kind of a weekly touch, touch base we had with the business development team that was going out and talking to customers. Um, we as product were actually involved in those conversations as well. So it was kind of making sure that the entire team was involved in the process. It's a brand new, you know, not only was it a new product, it was a new type of line of business. So making sure that we were having the right types of conversation and approaching, um, you know, potential customers in the right way. And lastly, are we going in the right direction? This is more strategic question that we were asking, you know, along with the executive team. Um, does this product actually fit within, within our portfolio? Um, if we wanna build on additional features that keep coming in as requests, does it make sense? Or you know, are we just building for the sake of being competitive? So really asking the tough questions and that would be you know, every couple months or something like that, or more frequently. Um, and all, as always, it's important to lay out exactly what the new technology is doing. So simple architecture slides really help, trust me. Obviously, customer development is difficult. It's not the easiest thing, especially, like I said, with, with our experience with Share Through for Publishers, a brand new type of product, a new tool that we were um, bringing our customers. It was paramount that, that our marketing and biz dev team were really partners in helping us keep us up to date and up to speed with what was happening. So <clears throat> I think what we can take away from the partnership with with these teams is really to help them bring us the customers and bring bring those discussions about narrowing the MVP scope down that will enable um, the development side to make those decisions of how to build. So they're really the conduit um, to helping us confirm what we're doing and always constantly having those discussions. So last but not least, um, let's think about the operations or um, customer support, account management side of the business that's really, they're running the business, making sure, um, you know, customers are happy, that, they're, that they know, you know, how to use the products. Um, if they're, if this is an internal team, they're helping you bring feedback internally, right? So, again, Val, why don't you just hire more people to work on this new product? 
or include a new process or train the existing teams? Well, they're frankly, they're frankly, they're the ones who are getting stuff done. Um, and being in, in their shoes, like I previously was um, at, before share through, there's a lot of different processes already happening. So we have a lot of logins, you may have a lot of manual workarounds, like a lot of systems happening at once. So really thinking about how, the, how that team um, will respond to these new processes is, is important. Um, they're the ones who, who can actually help you um, get feedback, like I mentioned. And they're the ones who are liaising with the customers and have customers' needs in mind. So it's important to think about not overwhelming you know, this team with, with a lot of new process because you don't want them to be frustrated and you build something and they're just backing their heads into the wall. Um, you know, like, why did engineering build this? Well, talk to them a lot. That's something that we learned um, is initially introducing kind of these Wizard of Ozzy manual workarounds. If you don't want to actually completely build, build out a product, build some process that's maybe half-baked with a little bit of engineering time, and then if that makes sense, bring it back. So they can really be a quick um, product adopter in your company. But it's also important to make sure that you don't take their feedback as a real customer's feedback. So sussing out and, and making sure that, that you understand the difference. Are we done? Fireworks? <laughs> well, kind of, but not really. I wanna bring, bring kind of this idea of a minimum viable vision. So going back to my, you know, initially I was talking about um, an existing product market fit and a company that, that is established in the market. Um, you know, when do you actually decide that you want to break out and innovate? Well, I think, um, sorry, I think, um, as a company, as a product team, it's important to always be reevaluating and asking questions, right? So if you voice your vision or you repeat your vision and you're no longer able to um, validate it with your existing product line, maybe it's time to introduce a new product. So kind of the same process as the build, measure, learn cycle, as you're probably familiar with MVP, but just reevaluating how products fit into the vision. So really thinking about, you know, if you introduce a new product, does it fit into the overall story of, of the business? When you demo something to a client, are there, you know, a lot of different logins you have to jump into or the branding doesn't connect? So there's simple um, tweaks that you can make across the board to, you know, quickly develop something and then um, overall create a great experience for the business. Um, and the last point there is very true. Everyone is part of the QA. So on the business side, on the dev side, everyone can bring feedback and decide to make those tweaks. Um, so just some final points here, and I'll wrap up. Um, you know, as you start to think about this in your own company, and you go back and you're thinking, okay, I wanna break out and, and innovate something new, kind of mirroring my own experiences as, as moving from a tactical day-to-day -day maintain um, standpoint as a solutions architect to product manager where 
you know, I have to think about relationship between different teams. Um, it, it's very helpful to think about that um, in an overall company and vision standpoint. So if you want to, you know, get any more granular or detailed um, experience from me or, you know, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback as well. My contact info is there and I might share where I got my gifs also if you're interested. Thank you. And we have a couple minutes for any questions. Yeah. The so the and like specifically engineering and marketing. So yeah. So good question. Um. So let's see. About two years ago when I started, it was about 42, 43. Now we're about 90, 95. Um. And everybody. That includes sales, um, engineering, product, customer support, finance. Like everybody. Um, but our headquarters is here, which uh, in San Francisco, which is kind of the hub of product and operations and marketing, is around 50. Um, yeah. I just had a comment. Uh, you had mentioned that you um, built new products outside of your existing product. You called it building on the outside. And yep. you mentioned one advantage which is that it was easy to fold up if it failed. Uh, I see a second advantage in that, in that you can set different customer expectations for that product than, than exist in your existing product. So you can get away with something being more minimal than you would be able to if it was that's packaged true. with your existing product. That's true, and that's actually you know part of when we were working with these new customers, it actually helped to, to understand who were we aiming for as our beta customer. Were they existing customers that we wanted them to use or were they coming from the outside and we were positioning this as a beta product? So yeah, definitely. Um, how, how many in your team is engineering? Like what's the ratio of engineering to other operations? Um, so engineering is Currently, I want to say about 11 or 12. If it's where we've just hired a couple more people, and product is there's five of us um, split between you know different lines of business. One UX. Yeah. I just have a, a I just have a comment more than a, a question here. Really, to to reiterate what you were saying earlier about you know, minimal kind of software development. Um, especially in the B2B type of business, we were really successful in literally marketing out ahead of what we actually had and using a few lines of code to have the technical functionality actually work, but it was all manual effort in the beginning to actually put it all together. And it really focused it on improving the, you know, you know, some of our riskiest assumptions about you know, market interest and, and the value proposition we were delivering before we invested you know, any meaningful software development. Um, so it, it you know, really rang true. What was um, the main difference between 
your new like your new venture and your existing line of products? I mean, it was really an extent a product line extension. So we had a we're a mobile marketing company focused initially on SMS and mobile web, and we added a, a mobile wallet component to that. So yeah. Passbook and Google Wallet, and we literally had just a few lines of code to um, integrate with Apple's Passbook server. And it was a separate module, so it was really it was a modular product mm -hmm. extension, so it made it easier to do that as well. Um, but there was a, you know, a, an internal-facing UI you know, well in advance of an external customer-facing UI. It was a really effective means of, uh, of gaining adoption in the marketplace. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So we had the kind of an opposite experience relative to the um, build it outside is that it wasn't necessarily communicated and I know you clearly put communication up there but um, and we, we have about 320 in the company about 90 to 100 in the the product development side um, and it's uh, that was quite a challenge when clients liked it but we didn't have a clear path to putting it in the system and it was like it, it seemed clear but only to people that didn't know so hmm. it was that lack of communication so as long as you sort of followed all of those steps, that would that could work. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not like a silver bullet and, and like I said, we not all things worked that we set out or we initially thought would work. So um, you know, for us maybe building outside work, maybe for you it potentially may it does work. It, it awesome. Been great. A little more communication up front. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge and, and really um, like going over to marketing and saying what did you put on your deck <laughs> can you help us like make sure we're we're realistic here is is important at a smaller company like ours it's probably a little a little easier than at a large organization but the, the more you can do around that helps other questions okay thank you